Hi, I'm Leanne Blaney, adventure coach, speaker and award-winning author. Welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast, where we are having conversations about what might be holding you back and how to move forward to achieve your dream life. Come along on a journey and set yourself up by having freedom in your choices, becoming grounded and centered and learn how to speak from the heart. For more information, go to leanneblaney.com. Let's ignite your life. Simon Ray is a behavioral profiler, neurolinguistic practitioner, hypnotist, graphologist, self-defense instructor, keynote speaker, and performance coach, having arrived in Australia from Southern Africa 22 years ago. Simon's passion is helping individuals, groups, and companies better understand their question paper and how it relates and fits into their environments and lives, which in turn will enhance their relationships, create winning teams, and produce better functioning and profitable businesses. Hi, Simon. Welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast. Fantastic. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're really welcome. And I'm excited to talk about our theme of no fear today. But first, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and where you got to or how you got to where you are today? Okay, well, if I I'd sort of take it back always to being a, a six, seven-year-old child, we, we had moved around the world all over the place. And of course, as a, as a seven-year-old kid, I moved to South Africa and I was the new kid in the new uniform. I was proud of my uniform. And first day of school, uh, bullies picked on me, shoved me in a puddle, uh, covered in mud. And, uh, and so my journey, I suppose, on the, the thing of knowing fear and knowing how to deal with it um, started back way back then. And it's something I think a lot of people have gone through, either at school, um, bullying, um, being, uh, you know, the the big thing in the news these days at the moment, even this morning, was, of course, the domestic violence uh, side of things. Uh, So this has become quite a passion for me. Um, Firstly, finding as a young child how, how to deal with it, learning to read the signs, learning to read... Uh, body language and micro expressions even at an early age and then finding that um, things like deception only work for a certain amount of time until you then need to find other things that are going to keep you safe so that's where I ended up uh, getting into the gym world and when gyms weren't a big thing um, becoming the biggest guy at school was a way of protecting myself Um, and then, of course, my father being an ex-military and ex-police officer, nicely, gently reminded me or, or, or questioned me when I came home one time from a, a, a spring break. And I, I turned up, I remember turning up in a vehicle with a whole lot of friends and my dad came out and he went, whoa, look how big you are. And I was like, oh, puffy chest thinking, oh, yeah, you know, how great is that? Feeling good. And he leaned in and he just whispered in my ear and he said, can you use it? And it was like, no, I can't. It's all bravo. It's all, it's all a show. Uh, so I went back after spring break and found my first martial arts instructor. But I've also then, since then, as becoming an adult, moving into the business world, I realized people can harm you physically, but they can also harm you mentally and financially. Uh, so my search continued um, and hence why I ended up uh, as a body language specialist, uh, graphologist, um, which is handwriting analysis, and then moving into a lot of the other neuroscience and NLP on how reframing, et cetera, and how to deal 
with the predator, the narcissist, the sociopaths, uh, and your psychopaths of the world. It's certainly something that's out there a lot that I find. There's a lot of fear around things, isn't there? And with technology the way it is at the moment, we see it really prevalent. This, I don't know what it is, where people are creating that fear within others, aren't they? And it's not just for the children, because as you said, it's actually to do with adults, isn't it? Like, yes, it's domestic violence and that, but it comes out in a lot of different ways, whether it's trolls on Facebook or, you know, just ways that people, I don't know, can terrorise people. Do you find that a lot now? Yeah, extremely, and I think um, I think COVID has actually even pulled it, made it worse. Of course, we've found that domestic violence has increased, uh, depression has increased, suicide has increased, um, and I think people have become so withdrawn within staying at home, they've actually stopped learning um, how to deal with people. So there a lot of these, the body language stuff that I teach, um, when you when you literally see it, and even the graphology, you you start to realise that oh wow yeah I, I know this stuff. You're just not aware of it. Um, and we become very unaware of it, and it's uh, hot wired into our limbic part of our brain is that survival instinct, and yet we switch it off. Um, I was talking once to a lady who had been attacked and um, uh, physically uh, raped in a a lift um, and I used to ask a lot of people of course so you know what happened and, and she said oh I knew it was going to happen and they often said that oh, I knew it was going to happen because they would they they their the limbic part of their brain was already sending up the red flags and I said well then why did you step into a soundproof lift where you were trapped oh but you know my mother always said not you know I didn't want to be one of those people who who judged people, you know, and we, we, we override um, that, that, that fear um, gift because fear isn't really an emotion. Worry is an emotion. Sadness is emotion. Happiness is emotion. Fear is a gift. Fear is, is what keeps us alive. Um, and, and, but it's then understanding that we shouldn't fear fear, but we should embrace fear. And that's what this, this is about, knowing fear and understanding that we can reframe fear, which it should have been from day one. But we've learned fear is a bad thing and fear isn't a bad thing. Fear is an actually really good thing to have. Yeah, because those basics of fear, like stepping into a lift or judging whether to go down a dark alley or not, those are things that sound really, I suppose, um, obvious that we wouldn't do it. But because of so many things that are thrown at us these days that, oh, no, that's not going to happen. Oh, you can't judge that person by their looks or all these different things. And and it's sort of like an embarrassment, isn't it? You don't want to be embarrassed by doing like, oh, I don't want to get in that lift just in case, you know, you are wrong. But people aren't really listening into that real fear, are they, about what's happening within their bodies and listening to that. It's type of intuition, isn't it? Yeah, and, I mean, we're hot-wired into that. Otherwise, as a species, we wouldn't have survived. Homo sapiens would have died out a long time ago if it wasn't for the fact that, uh, you know, for instance, when we're running down the road and we still do it now, you go for a run and uh, you step on a, on a stick and the stick moves. And what do you do? You leap out of the way because your reptilian part of your brain goes snake. It doesn't stop to decide whether it's a stick or a snake. It moves and it moves at a, at a massively increased pace because of adrenaline 
um, talking to a pathologist overseas when I was studying over there with with a, a group of um, police officers and um, military personnel. Um, he was he was saying that in their pathology stuff, they were looking at um, autopsies and the number of um, people who uh, had been shot or stabbed or gone through a windscreen, they all had defensive marks on their hands, which means they were moving faster, as he said, than a rattlesnake. Their hand movement was at that speed. Uh, that is inbuilt in us, uh, that startle um, flinch response that we have. And we don't, we don't actually think about that. The, the limbic part of the brain actually overrides the cerebral cortex under stress, under fear, um, because otherwise we, we, we overthink things. And I always talk about the fact that we, we, we literally have, can you, you picture a, a bridge and on the one side of the bridge, you've got what I call the mistake, which is the mistake is we weren't paying attention. We walked down the dark alley. Uh, we ended up in the wrong place. We were too busy on our, on our smartphone, not paying attention. And on the other side of the, the bridge is the result. And the result is where we want to be. That's, that's where we've dealt with the situation. We avoided the situation or anything else. Well, the bridge is apathy and denial. And apathy and denial is where we get killed. Uh, apathy and denial is where we get hurt. And unfortunately, apathy and denial is where our cerebral cortex comes in and starts overthinking the thing. And that's where that sort of thing, where that the, the woman I was talking to was, she was making decisions based on culture, based on her upbringing, instead of based on a, a mammalian part of the brain saying, don't get in the lift, something's wrong. And, and you were talking earlier about domestic violence. And where does that come along in that, in that bridge, I suppose, because you're saying apathy and denial. Is it more a denial of themselves or believing who they are? Because I've often heard that, you know, women who suffer domestic violence or are in that situation don't believe in themselves that they, they're worthy or they value themselves enough to think that they can have more, that this is what they deserve. Is that what you're finding as well as a bit of both? Yeah, a bit of, bit of that both. But, you know, when you're dealing with a narcissist or sociopath, narcissist will... Because the narcissist generally is either the victim or the hero of the, of the situation. So either you're forcing them to be the victim and they play woe is me, or they're the hero and they saved you. And anybody around them, they tend to um, tread on in order to bring themselves up. So women in that situation uh, with a narcissist, and they're, of course, like in, like in um, the autistic world, you have this, this, uh, you know, the narcissist who's, you know, he's nasty and he's he's a horrible person, but he's never violently going to be that, uh, where it's going to end up being um, a death. And then you have in that scope, you have the narcissist who literally has sociopathic tendencies and will end up killing somebody. Um, and unfortunately, the woman that's stuck in that situation will be slowly but surely demoralized, told she's of no value. And they start to believe it. If we hear anything, we know this from neurolinguistics. You tell somebody at least three times something, it starts to become truth. And they're hearing it every day. Ah, you're useless. You stupid cow. You da, 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 da. 
and it's continual. And they start to actually believe that. And so then they have no value for themselves. So it becomes a very dangerous. And that's that denial. That's that apathy. Um, and that's, I suppose, is um, uh, it's like bullying. Bullying is a learned behavior. It's not something that somebody um, just becomes a bully. They, they learn to become a bully. Um, and, and as I always say to people, bullies are people who have been bullied generally. They've been. They've probably got a father who's who's uh, smacked them around, and of course, then they that learnt behaviour. They they transfer that to other people. Mm. And with the domestic violence, especially being in the the news lately, and I know it was on today, um, and it's been a common theme brought up over COVID times because of you know people being locked in their houses, locked away. Are you finding that it's getting more and more prevalent? Because I know you know the statistics of it, but we're hearing more of it now, or is it just that the statistics are going up that it's happening more and more? No, statistics are going up more and more. But, of course, as we always know, you know, if, if the media start highlighting stuff, then it becomes our reticular activating system, of course, locks into that, and we hear it everywhere. Um, it is there. Um, a lot of it, I think, goes on um, behind closed doors that we we tend to ignore we don't want to know about it um, until it comes close to us then it becomes something that the uh, reticular activating system is going to lock into um, I think COVID and the fact that people have been locked away in those sort of situations and then you've got people who are losing jobs and all of the, those contributing factors to people becoming more and more violent and more and more upset and um, jumping to all sorts of things. But the bottom line is, is all I ever hear from the media and from the, the, the news is that, oh, they're going to make the, the, the domestic violence orders stronger and they're going to do this. A person who's got to a point where they're going to kill somebody is not worried about a piece of paper. And it, it's insane. Um, it's sort of like saying, well, I won't learn how to swim. I'll just hope that somebody throws in a, a lifesaver and uh, or somebody's close by to save me. I mean, that would be an insane thing to do and then jump in the water and, and you know, hope, as we know, with neurolinguistics is not a strategy. And yet, uh, when it comes around violence, people tend to want to leave their safety up to other people being, i.e., the police, the security, the courts, um, the FBI statistics on violence or any violent attack is 30 to 45 seconds from start to finish. Um, so if you're hoping somebody's going to turn up in 45 seconds and bust down the door like in a movie, um, forget it. It ain't going to happen. Um, and this is why I'm very passionate about teaching people how to recognize the, the signs. And there are signs that violence will occur. Um, or the lining up. I mean, um, children are not attacked by, by predators just out of the blue, very seldom. I mean, the, the percentage is probably like 1% of that where it's an opportunist time. But they're out there and they're watching and they're grooming and they're, they're moving in and they're, they're probing to see whether they can get close to that person. And it's the same with, with domestic violence. They don't, they don't just happen they they groom that person for that for that that case is it something you've found like i've done some reading around this as well that 
there are these red flags that come up and that we are tending to ignore red flags a lot more in a lot of different situations? Hugely so. I mean, I, I teach one of the things I teach is called PINs, pre-instinct indicators. Um, uh, and you can see the indicators. There is a pattern of uh, behavior. So in other words, um, for instance, I liken it to uh, a director of a movie. They have already created a scenario in their head of how this whole movie is going to play out. And of course, then they pick you as the actor. Now, you can choose to be the actor in that role or not. And, you know, we are, you can be, you can be um, hurt by somebody with or without your, your permission. They can hurt you physically. Mentally, they can only hurt you with your permission. But it's understanding that when you see the, the escalation of violence occurring, it's knowing when to, to step out of that scenario because you're seeing the signs. And there, there's clear, clear patterns of, of uh, violent escalation um, that are in the body language, that are in uh, behavior, even in, in their handwriting, the way they write things. The, 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 the handwriting will become more and more of a violent intent in it. And there are things in handwriting uh, which will indicate that they have violent tendencies. Um, they even pick serial killers from handwriting. Mm. That's extremely interesting, isn't it? That handwriting can actually reveal that. It's unfortunate that we don't do a lot of handwriting uh, these days, isn't it? Because you won't, you wouldn't be able to pick that up if you were someone that could um, identify that. But what interests me, I suppose, is that you know, with society the way it is, is that there's there's been some talk about red flags and people say you know after the fact why didn't you recognize this you know they did these things so couldn't you have picked it up but there's a bit of a shame around talking to people about this is happening to me because people get it I don't know whether it's embarrassment probably more shame I, I think is the main one but society really needs to start doing okay it's not just like are you okay day talking about it is this more where domestic violence, we have to talk about it more to your friends, to your neighbours, you know, to actually bring that out because it just doesn't seem to be spoken much in society, in like in your community. No, it's not. And it's, um, it's, it's something that should be spoken about. It should be something discussed. Um, but it's also something we should be prepared uh, about. Um, your, your, your safety is... Basically, I mean, if we take VIPs, so very important people, and what do they have? They have bodyguards. And I always say to people, who's your bodyguard? It's you. You've got 30, 30 to 45 seconds to make a decision and to either, as I say to people, you, you, there's, there's what I call the four Ds, uh, detect, diffuse, defend, and digest. Well, if you haven't done the detecting properly, those seen those red flags, then you, you're in a situation where now you have to diffuse and you have to learn how to use language patterns and, and different body language in order to diffuse a situation. If you fail at that, you're heading into the defense side where you physically are going to get into an altercation and you have to be prepared for that. Um, and then, of course, coming out of the defense side, of course, is the digest. And unfortunately, even our military don't do the digest section where they should be training them. Uh, talking to a lady the other day whose uh, husband was a captain in the army, um, the suicide rate is enormous with our military. 
Um, it's because they haven't learned to deal with and reframe the situation they were in. Um, so they, they survive the actual attack and then end up committing suicide later. So they didn't actually survive the attack. It was just a, a prolonged death that occurred. Um, and it, it's, it's people being prepared. I mean, as a, the analogy of the swimming pool of the water, we don't just leap into the water if we don't know how to swim. And yet we tend to leap into um, relationships without understanding all the pitfalls and all the things that we've got to be aware of. And, and hopefully we don't have to deal with the narcissist or the sociopath or, or somebody who's completely lost their mind. But the chances of that happening are quite, quite bizarrely high as we're seeing in this country. Yeah, it's quite a serious problem. And I really feel that there needs to be a lot more education out there to identify these signs because I know as coaches we we can talk about these things and a lot of people go, oh, I don't know, you know, don't want to do that. It's the inside stuff, the mind stuff. Whereas something physical, you'll go to the doctor for. They do that. But to do things like going, okay, these are certain behaviors that would be a red flag, you know. These are things that need to be brought to light. So I really thank you, Simon, for talking to us tonight about this because I think it's important that we get this out there and start talking a lot more about it. If anyone wants to find out more about it, you know, especially there's the four Ds that you were talking about or anything that you do, where's the best place for them to go to? Uh, they can find me on Facebook, of course. I'm always on there or um, go to my website, uh, which you can then link to my Facebook site from there, which is then www dot simon ray and that's spelled rea uh, dot com well thank you so much no it's been a pleasure thank you for having me on igniters simon's passion for helping us understand fear and using the four d's is amazing if you want to find out more go to his website simonray.com for more about balance in your life go to my website leanneblaney.com